Esther. Hi, Romina. And, and hello, hello, fellow overthinkers. This is Still Having Fun Podcast, and we're so excited to host you for the next hour to talk about political, social, cultural topics with a dash or handful of pop culture. So basically everything and anything we want to talk about. Keep in mind that the opinions we share are based on our personal and limited experiences. We will also put a timestamp of the topics we discuss in case a subject is ever triggering. So thank you so much for being with us wherever you are in the world. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Hi. Hello and welcome back. Yes, welcome back. Um, we're recording this week once again on the traditional lands of Haudenosaunee and Mohawk peoples here in very cold Montreal. Oh, very, very cold Montreal. Yeah, it's <laughs> been freezing, but we're still having a good time. Yeah, and we're here to have fun. And speaking of, I mean, I don't know if it qualifies as a good time, but I remember that we did not wish anyone a happy new year yes. in our first episode <laughs> back. So sorry about that. Yeah, that that's so true. And I mean, we know that you most probably didn't have a good year if we haven't, you know, wish you to have a good year. Very true. So it's very important. We apologize for that. And uh, yeah. we it won't happen again. It won't. No. So here it and goes. Oh, are we doing it? I don't We're know. Wishing. Are we doing a countdown? Should we? <laughs> <laughs> we suck at countdowns, but oh we'll go God. for it. Yeah, why not? Three, <laughs> two, <laughs> one. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> oh my gosh. It felt so anticlimactic, but I feel like the holiday itself, mm. and I don't know if you like it or not, Romina, but personally, I hate New Year's. Why? I just feel like it's so, it makes me very unhappy. And I know that's a very dark note to start <laughs> on, but I just feel like it's supposed, I feel like everything around it, the fact mm -hmm. that we watch, you know, a ball drop in the sky and that we count down and that we're all excited and we have an expensive beverage like a champagne or whatever. Right. It's supposed to feel so grand, but I feel like once that countdown is done, nothing feels different. And that makes me feel worse because of like all the anticipation I feel like. Mm. And also, I find it so awkward, the wishes that we have to wish each other. Yeah, I just it's a must. make my skin crawl. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you're hugging someone. It's and it's almost like they're waiting for you to like, to wish them whatever you're supposed mm. to. Right. Yeah. Well, is that something in Peru that happens like that people like how is it similar to the Western idea of a happy new year? Mm -hmm. Well, as I said before, Peru is very um, Americanized in a way or they want to uh, recreate kind of, you know, uh, Ameri the American way or whatever. So okay. in that same yeah. idea, and I don't know if it's like that, you know, for every country or what. But um, there's this whole, like you said, like grand event. And as you said, it, you know, some, most of it, no, maybe not most of it, but 
you can you see the champagne you see everyone hugging yeah and all of that you know it happens at zero on the countdown mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then we have few habits in uh in peru or even in other countries um that are quite i would say specific like for example for new years it was only my boyfriend my dog and i for new years it was a very small celebration in montreal right in montreal because we had the curfew uh so there was a lot of things you know that we couldn't do due to the Mm -hmm. pandemic and i know that not all you know all countries have continued the curfew and stuff like that but here in montreal specifically in quebec uh the province that's what happened so anyway see it felt quite different for the first time i was you know in my small bubble, in my home, you know, yeah. with PJs almost, with my dog. Well, I never had a dog, so it's my first year too. But I still wanted to have this, you know, special occasion. And um, mm-hmm. so what we did is that lentils in Peru represents like money. So we had a big plate oh. and we have a lot of lentils, not cooked, so dry lentils. And we put all of the cash we had on, on us so, you know, if we had any bills or anything, it was like full of lentils and money. So the idea mm-hmm. is to attract more money for the new year to come. Something else that we wow. do in Peru and we recreated in our own way here in Montreal mm-hmm. is that after the countdown, you take your baggages. Let's say if you want to travel on the next year, you take your baggages and you run uh, around your house with empty baggages so that's a thing that's so funny. <laughs> i remember when i was young and me and all my cousins my family everyone had like a, an empty baggage just oh. we were all running <laughs> so cute in so, the house like no outside you do it outside oh okay, okay. yeah outside. so that's why for this year because of the curfew and so on we just put the baggages outside of the of the house for like few minutes after the countdown so it wasn't the same thing mm-hmm. then the, there is the resins i don't know if you know about that resin no no uh, grapes no oh grapes yeah. yeah 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 i don't know if it's american or no i don't know the tradition oh you don't know i know I, okay you know the fruit <laughs> i know the i i know the fruit i've met the fruit you, once or twice you yes. tried you tasted the fruit <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is that after new well once you are in the new year um yeah. you have 12 grapes so Everyone has 12 grapes and you have to think about what are you, what are your wishes, your 12 wishes for the 12 months to come. So we just sat sat down, my boyfriend and I, and we're like, okay, in January, we want to travel. Let's go. In February, we want to uh, have this job. In March, we want to that. In, uh, and, and you go over all the months with 12 wishes. So... That was our special so thing. Do you know why a grape? Uh, that's Is a, it the the fruit of hope. Probably, <laughs> I don't know. That's so cute. Like even the ones that you said were uh, done in Montreal. I've never heard of them. Oh, like yeah? the luggage one. Is that something that you've seen done in Canada as well? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I when I talked. To, with my friends they they didn't know so i don't know if okay. it's a latin thing or what uh yeah. but what i said is that we readapted it to 
to Montreal because it's so cold. It's not the same as in Peru. Over there is the summer. Here's the winter. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so going outside makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And there's one more that I almost forgot. Is uh, I don't know if it's the most important or what, but something that we do and we did again this last New Year's is that someone needs to give you, and it's a gift, very important, mm -hmm. to give you a new um, underwear, okay? <laughs> so, okay. and it has to be new, of course, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so someone goes to the store and buys you a gift. So what I did is that I bought one for my mom, I bought one for my boyfriend, and he bought one for me. And mm -hmm. the color is extremely important. So if you want to have love in 2022, you buy uh, red underwear. If you want to have money in 2022, you buy for someone, right? So you buy mm -hmm. um, a green underwear. If you want mm -hmm. to have a chance in 2022, you buy yellow. So it's a, well, chance as in, in luck. If you want to be lucky mm -hmm. in 2022, whatever that means. So we had green underwears, and for my mom, I gave her a red one because we all need a little yeah. bit of love. So yeah, <laughs> that was wow a lot of traditions that we wanted. Well, to that makes it like cool though. Like, I mean, to have missions like the ones that I told you. Those like really are the only extent of like what we do, right? Celebration. And yeah. So it was still nice to be with my family, but yeah, yep. like there's still like the wishes and the countdown and stuff. But like those mm -hmm. are really cool, and I feel like it's funny because, well, like do you know why it's an underwear that you would gift? I don't know. No, a lot of them, you know, like doesn't make really sense. I don't know what it means or what, but yeah. I've been doing it for every year, really. Uh, you know, before COVID, I, I used to go like, not parties, but you just like, you know, gatherings with friends and, yeah. you know, people, there's people around me. Mm -hmm. And still I would have, you know, in my pockets, lentils, I would have my little bag of grapes, like whatever. I don't care if people would judge oh. me or what. That that was my thing. <laughs> I would wear my underwear and my mom or someone would like give it to me because they know oh. how important. <laughs> and it's a small That's thing. So sweet. But yeah. who knows? <laughs> I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Maybe if I try that next year, I'll be a bit more optimistic about the holiday. Yeah, but why do you think it's... um? Because you said that you don't feel like there's any change, but... Is that like the only thing that kind of like bothers, not bothers you, but, but that you feel it's unnatural or maybe a little bit awkward or what, what is it? Well, no, I think it's also the fact that it happens so close to Christmas. Okay. And so for me being a huge Christmas fan, I just feel like it's a, <laughs> it's like a, a, a loser version of Christmas, oh, you know, because okay. you still, it feels very much like even for me and my family, like we'll gather in the same way that we gathered for Christmas, right? right. Um, but it's New Year's. And so, yeah, I, I think it's really the anticipation, but also just the social anxiety of having to come up with really kind, not not that it's hard to be kind, but like just these really well thought out wishes. Mm. And so you're trying to be original, but like, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I like the idea of starting over and I like the idea of a new year and setting goals, but it's just like that, the event itself on the night of the 31st, sometimes I'm like, 
right, yeah. right. Yeah, that that was my my next question for you. Is is it that you feel like all not awkward again? Like I I don't have the right word, but is it because it's the ending of something, or is it because it's the beginning of something? But I think I got my answer, as in it is because it's the wannabe Christmas after Christmas. So yeah, <laughs> I and sense. I think it's just truly comes down to that like the one night itself yeah. especially like the countdown and then the wishes but like as a concept I get it and like there's a lot of aspects of it that I'm like oh you know like I understand why people would like this and why I myself like some aspects of it but just the the night of I don't know sometimes it just right. uh, rubs me the wrong way yeah well maybe and if I can just add a small little thing about that Maybe it goes also to the, you know, let's start with the right food. And, mm. you know, like people, they start diets on Mondays or stuff like that. Mm. You know, you don't need to believe it or you don't need to start a diet on Monday to like make it work. As long as you're consistent, as long as you believe it, as long as you put effort and you work on it, you know, you will have a good year. Uh, and whatever it means, you know, like having a good year, does it mean that... Mm -hmm. 24 out of 24 hours a day seven days a, a week and you know the 365 days per year you will be happy because that will be very unrealistic is it because they're talking yeah. about the majority of the time so anyways i think it's open for interpretation yeah but it's in, it's interesting what you say because i think it's also the collectiveness of the thing mm -hmm. that sparks that hope in people because you know like when it was the first year of the pandemic yeah in in 2020 we were all sort of like we all thought it was a really fun staycation yeah at home yeah. let's share recipes cook together learn how to knit all that stuff mm -hmm. and so i feel like new year's um as like the the whole month of January almost is that, you know? And I think that's the part where, yeah, some people still think like, oh, you know, it's like as if you're going to change that much. But I do think that even people for myself that are like, yeah, right, you still sort of buy into it and you're still sort of motivated by the idea that everyone is sort of starting over or, right. or likes to think so anyways, right? Yeah. And it's that, collectiveness that you see online that you see people setting the goals that are maybe not similar to yours but still in that same uh hope of wanting to start a new mm. habit or a new mm -hmm. whatever you know yeah. so yeah lifestyle or whatever yeah yeah definitely apparently um this is just a fun fact i like to share with you but apparently mm -hmm. we have periods of four years and is transformative so you don't change you know because today is the 30 december 31st and now we're january 1st yeah. you know like the classic joke of oh I'll see you next year and we'll see you you know like the oh next day gosh, like, yeah <laughs> it's just like the basic joke you know like my mom made it this year and i was like <laughs> so embarrassed oh, I, like thank god she made it at home but i was like please no don't <laughs> oh my god i'm the worst i love like dad jokes and I'm not even surprised yeah no that's my kind I'm guilty for that one I'm like hey I didn't see you since last year and like I just saw you like I an hour oh before my that's my humor Romina <laughs> but apparently we don't change you know one day to another I mean we could 
mm-hmm. just implementing a new habit and being consistent, as I said before, is, you know, transformative. But we have like periods of four years. And it makes sense with everything, you know, like when you go to school, like, you know, maybe not high school or yeah, maybe even high school. When you start high school, you're not the same person as when you finish it. Yeah. And in that same idea, then the CJEP, it's another like person. Mm-hmm. And then you go to university and your life changes every four years. And the same goes with um, allergies. So you can develop or stop any allergy. Like mm-hmm. your body changes so much that even allergies mm-hmm. changes every four years. So that's like mm. the real change. So who knows? Interesting. Yeah. And I wonder like if that starts at the same time. Well, I guess so. I mean, do we all start at zero and then? I guess so. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I want to know because we talked about this in the last episode. Mm-hmm. That we were going to be recording an episode with yes. uh, Les Podcasts Impromptu, which translates to the Improvised Podcast. And this is a French podcast yeah. um, that is really, as the name would have it, very improvised. You know, they do choose topics or themes, but it's like very much in a question format and like they're very open to where it takes you know them and I we quite enjoyed that format I and I wanted you. to ask you how it was recording in French did you find it super different than in English is it something that you loved how did you feel about it and about the podcast in general the episode that we did yeah well thank you for you know, giving me the space to like talk about this experience. It was certainly different to, you know, have a conversation not only in another language, but also with two other, you know, Mm -hmm. people that we didn't know. So I think like the whole format was very different. So I don't think I could have like a really uh, um, feedback about only the language because it was only one element in, you know, so many other elements okay. but yeah uh, certainly I think that I'm more comfortable in French you know as I said before I'm more francophone than English but it doesn't mean that I like it more in French or English I mean yeah if anything I think that making it in English I don't know if what do you think about that but I think we have like different personality languages <laughs> <laughs> And I think we already discussed about that before. Uh, you know, when you speak in French, you have maybe another like kind of humor or... Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you change completely, but I think it's no, I different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I enjoyed it. And even the the theme that we uh, we discussed, it was super interesting. Uh, yeah. So I'm very excited to see um, how it's going to be like the final product after the editing and everything. It was certainly very fun. It's not something that, you know, we we have done before because we're usually mm-hmm. two. And in that scenario, we were like the guests. Uh, yeah. We were four. It was very improvised. We didn't have like points prepared, at least from my part. Mm-hmm. So, no, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it very much. And this also gave me, you know... Um, it gave me like the idea of 
you know, we can have guests. It could be something fun. We have different perspectives. We all share in a way of, it was very respectful. Uh, yeah. There was even a, a man. So, you know, we had this other counterpart. Yes. Yeah. So it was a women's world. <laughs> so it was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, no, I I really liked it too. I loved I loved them as people. I thought it was definitely fun. I felt very weird recording in French though. And it's so funny because my first language is French and I feel like the status of being bilingual is such a weird status because it's kind of one where you feel like you can self-proclaim but then you're not always sure and so for me for for the French aspect for a long time I really thought that even though I was good in English and it's the language that in school I studied in the longest I um sorry I, I got thrown off because like my voice cracked <laughs> sorry about no that, everyone. but um but yeah I felt like I was still much better in French and so recording in French like I came into it and I was like yeah like whatever I'm Quebecois, you know I got this but I don't know I felt really awkward and I don't know oh, if yeah. you noticed but you'll definitely tell when the episode is out is that I would refer to English words very often. Like I, I realize that I can express myself a lot better in English, although sometimes I will still look for my words. Um, and I feel like that's really, at the end of the day, <laughs> what bilingualism should be like. Yeah. I feel like it should be like the fact that you struggle in more than one language. <laughs> like, because I really don't ever feel like I'm good in either. And I've talked to people about that and they feel the same way. Yeah. That they just... I can relate like to, yeah. No matter the language, it's like you're going to be told by someone that you have an accent in it or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was... But I I definitely had fun. I liked the idea of being a guest and that experience because I felt so like, I don't know, like privileged, you know, yeah. like I was always being asked the questions. Uh -huh. But also that <laughs> came with like a big imposter syndrome because yes. I was like... Uh, okay like you know does it really matter do you really care what I think you know mm. so that was definitely hard but yeah I think it's so funny as a white woman I'm less and less comfortable as it should be but it's just like still a fact in itself that I'm less and less comfortable with taking that space you know and right now like in the nonprofit that we both work at, there's this event coming up and it's all about gender-based analysis plus mm -hmm. and really more about, because that in itself is an assessment tool to make sure that your program, your organization, not even just for nonprofits, but even for for-profits, yep. just that whatever you create yeah. is inclusive yeah. and just keeps in mind everyone's very different and intersectional experience. Mm -hmm. And so... The organization, uh, the team that I work with, they were like, well, you should go. And I was like, me? Really? You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to say? Like, I'm always prioritized as a white woman in these services and in these programs. And of course, I've I've learned a lot about mm -hmm. GBA Plus since I've been in this world, but I don't experience it, which is crazy, yes. right? Like, it's crazy because yeah. I have this privilege, but then... They're like, no, 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 like, you should represent us. And I just feel like, oh, so embarrassed that I had, like, I'm going to do my best and just make sure that I come with 
stuff that they can actually use for for their GBA plus analysis. Like I don't want to just show up to just take and and watch what they're doing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I just really don't feel like I'm the one that should be there. Yeah, but we'll see. You know how it goes. It's a very complex uh, situation, or just a complex concept. You know to represent and it's i'm not talking you know represent in a sense of i'm going to speak from for for you or from you or you know but no just no, no. in a sense of you know and we discussed about that before also that sometimes when you are we need to speak up for other people and and i think that's very uh specific uh there was a, a comedy um whatever a show that was created in Quebec years ago okay this is not like recent news and oh is it the just for laughs yes i think it's yes i think it was that um and they wanted to like recreate a community from mm-hmm. you know i don't know from which country or what community or whatever but they didn't choose characters from that community so it was all like white men and they said i'm representing this person oh okay sorry what was that you mean brooklyn 99 no no no, it was a show it was like i think it was i don't oh it was like okay i don't know it was laughs uh, is it like a tv show or like a like a live comedy yeah skit thing exactly yeah it was like a show what do you mean to recreate a community you mean like they wanted to represent a community yeah they wanted to tell a story and from a community a cultural community that was not Quebecois. exactly right? it was part yeah i don't okay. know if that was a whole story or they were just you know a second character or what but there were like few people and they needed to be part of this show and again i'm not sure what exactly what show it was but anyways it's just an example right um and they chose white people well in that sense in that example i would say it's wrong because Mm-hmm. You know, might as well give it the opportunity to someone else. But mm. when it comes to speaking up about some issues mm-hmm. and, you know, like it's not always the, how can I say? It's not always, it's a lot of way to go and, you know, just face, <laughs> mm-hmm. face someone and say, hey, listen me up. You know, I'm important too. Because it takes a lot of your energy and, you know, it's not up to you to go and say, I mother too, I matter too. But when someone else comes and say, hey, let's hear what this person has to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not taking the place from that person. Mm-hmm. You are yeah, giving you that person a spotlight. Yeah. And I think in that sense, it's very important to have not only people from, you know, marginalized or you know, discriminize yeah. um, communities, but to but also everyone allies that are willing to speak on exactly on their behalf. No, I yeah. totally understand, and and I agree, and that's why, like, even in this situation, I sort of laid out what my experience 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 <laughs> was in this because I just wanted to make it clear that like I'm coming in as someone who. Um, has had the privilege of hearing about these stories, although I am often prioritized in, you know, the the sort of the creation of a lot of programs and stuff like that. But anyways, yeah, um, I think it's 
for me, it's always sort of keeping in mind that I'm going in sort of as an organization. And so yeah. that should take into account all of the marginalized groups that we work with and that we learn from. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a great point that you brought up for sure. But, yeah, on another note, have you been – because I know that you read a lot and I know yeah. that we talk about TV shows often. Have you watched or read anything good lately, whether that was, like, over the holidays or just in the past couple weeks? Yeah, well, definitely during the holidays, I mean – we had this opportunity, you know, to have a, a week off. So I took that time to stay at home, uh, to watch TV, to uh, read an, a book, an amazing book uh, from the same um, author that I already talked about before in the last episode. His name is uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. And oh yeah, him. Yes, him. <laughs> um, but all of his books are translated, and you know he created many of best uh, bestseller books. Sellers? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. One of them that I really, really recommend you, Esther, and everyone here, is called The Four Agreements. And basically, it says that we we have different agreements, like. In, like um, interior or inside agreements that we just okay. believe, okay? So, for example, and I'm not going to spoil the whole book. Like, I think everyone should take that opportunity to interpret it their own way. But I'm just going to give you an example. Sometimes, and this is very, um, per uh, like, relevant for what you said about the the uh, complex of the... Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, the imposter, imposter syndrome? syndrome, exactly. Because we have this like small voices in our heads that keep saying, oh no, but it doesn't matter. Or, oh no, uh, you're not good enough. And we have it in different ways. Sometimes when we think about a good idea, we would not apply it because there is a small voice saying, but really will it work? And sometimes we stay stuck in that, with that thought. And that's basically an agreement in a sense of we we are we are or we may self-doubt ourselves in different situations. But if we change that and we say, mm, I don't believe in that anymore, like I have this small voice, but I have to be, you know, um if I consider that this is just a small voice and this is not who I am really, it's something that we can work on. And we, we need to be impeccable with our words. And that's like the first agreement. So every time you think about something or you, you, um, you want to say something, just to, you know, li not listen to that voice, but mm -hmm. identify it as this is not who I am. Like, this is a good idea because I thought, I thought about it. So let's just, you know, let's go. So it gives uh, a lot of hope, a lot of, um, you know, internal patterns or internal issues that we we have it and we just never face. Um, mm. And it gives a lot of perspective. So The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is a must. <laughs> okay. Um, I will note that down. I'm so, like, not good at, like, just reading things, you know, like... 
I need to get. It's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> well, I have a Kindle and for me, it's amazing because, you know, it's paperless. It's easy to carry. Um, the screen is, you know, not, it's not like, like phones. Yeah, I've seen that. It's amazing. Quite cool. Very, very good. But I have an iPad. Like, I feel like that could be a Kindle. No, it's different. No, <laughs> no it's very different because it doesn't have no. the, no, <laughs> doesn't have the UV uh, light. So yeah. you can but read do you it. Do feel like you could download that? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Okay. no, because it's something from the screen itself. So, you know, it goes All beyond... Right. Anyways, I have I'll like the... I'll get a Kindle. Oh, you should. It's like a paperback thing. So you really feel like you're reading a real book because of the whatever, the parameters or whatever. It's different. It's a different screen. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. And also with a Kindle, because with a Kindle, you can only like read on it, right? Yeah. Like you can't like do... Yeah. So like... You know how a lot of people, and I say a lot of people not to out myself because I totally do this, but will like read in public, like just to make themselves like <laughs> mysterious. Oh and so like they'll God. want a book, right? So people notice. Well, I feel like if you have a Kindle, that's only used for reading. It yeah. has the same effect. So yeah, you can still like show me, up. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. And something else is... I read in French and Spanish mostly, but also I have some English books. Mm-hmm. Um, when you click on the word, you have like the definition, the synonyms. You have like a mm-hmm. lot of tools to really help you understand the book. So that's something very awesome um, mm-hmm. to purchase a Kindle. But anyways, uh, that's basically what I have been reading later on um, in you know, to- incomplete, completely. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I have uh, watching a few TV shows here and there. We're going... Really? Yes. <laughs> We're going to Peru in uh, later on this month with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this amazing idea that he wants to understand the slangs and, you know, just to be more aware of the pronunciation in Spanish... Yeah. from Peru because every country has their own like accents and so on so he doesn't want to be like completely lost so mm-hmm. we started watching uh, a Peruvian TV show that I loved and they made so many seasons like over eight years of different seasons it's so many episodes 80 like more eight zero yes no 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 eight, eight, eight years eight years <laughs> eight years Okay. But so many episodes. <laughs> I was like, wow, they were quite advanced in technology. <laughs> Imagine. In oh, my God. Okay, eight years. Eight years, yes. No, but like over, you know, I don't know, 500 maybe. I don't know how many episodes. A lot of episodes? them. Episodes? Okay. Yeah. And I miss that. Yes. Like, I just want to say I miss the healthy. I'm sure I've said it here before and let me repeat myself. But I miss the shows that had like 25 episodes. And now, like all the shows that I've watched recently, it's this eight episode. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you want me to do with that? Yeah. Like, you're... like we're in a pandemic. Like, can you please make more episodes? Oh, you know? then you should watch Grey's Anatomy. 
Uh, I can't. <laughs> Honestly, I can't. Noah. But yeah, do tell about this show. So you yeah. you watch it when you were younger. Exactly. In Peru, right? So I have like... With, I was With your mom or alone? With my mom, with my grandma. It was just always... In the Is it like a telenovela? Scene. Yes, it's a telenovela, but Peruvian. Oh. So it's different. Okay. And I, okay. I don't know what are the elements, the, the elements for, for it to make it a, a you know, a telenovela. Uh, of course, there's yeah. drama, there's cheating, there's no, like, aggress- aggression. Um, but okay. what I like about this TV show is uh, their particularity about high society and low society. So basically, it's a very unfortunate house, uh, very poor, with very poor people living there in an amazing neighborhood in Peru. So they inherited a, a, a house in that amazing, very privileged, you know, um, neighborhood. So their neighbors are very um, discriminating towards this very poor family. Ah, uh, okay. So, but you know, it's a comedy. It's there's a lot of like love stories. So it's not like okay. all about the discrimination is like present all over the TV show. Yeah, but in so many different forms that sometimes you're not very aware of it. And when I was young, you know, I would have some kind of pre- prejudice. And mm. I was like, mm, okay, well, I get it, you know? And I would more relate to, like, the rich people. Oh, But wow. now that I'm watching it, you know, many years later, and I'm, like, starting again mm-hmm. this TV show so my boyfriend can understand the story from the beginning... I can see, you know, how it can integrate people's lives, you know, and how much we need to like, um, okay, you know, take distance from it and say like, "Mm, okay, like this was a little bit too much. It was just discrimination, like pure discrimination. Yeah. Or and it can be so subtle. Yes. In your case, you were young, so I'm sure a lot of what you registered was unconscious. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're watching it again, and you're like, "What the heck?" Yes. And not only that, not only the discrimination part that is very present. You know, they call it out, and it's very present all over the season, all all over the whole you know, eight years of TV show. And they're mm-hmm. making a new season, like, now. So it's, like, still going. Okay. Uh, for those who knows who know what I'm talking about, it's called Al Fondo Hay Sitio. So it tra- what does that mean? It's, it's basically a very, I think it's a very specific um, phrase, uh, expression in, in Peru. Okay, so I don't know if okay. all countries could understand. It means um, at... Hold on. How do you say au fond? Ja, au fond. Disons si t'es comme dans une voiture. What's the... What's... Oh. Like, let's okay. say you're in like in a bus, okay? Because that's the in idea. The back? Yeah, like go to the back. There's place. That's all what it means, okay? That's what it means? Yeah. Okay. But what it means really is that there's always place for one more. Basically. So let's say if you're making food. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it meant like because of like the discrimination, like your place is in the back, you know? It could also, in- yeah, it could be another interpretation. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's it's I how I think because there's like a bus business. So it's like the more the merrier. Yeah. Could it be that in English? Yeah, exactly. So where there, you can fit five, there's a six that can fit. So basically okay. that's the idea. 
okay. and they're talking clearly about this poor house in the rich neighborhood because you can see at, at first there were like five people leaving, then six, then another family mm. came in and there were always, you know, food yeah. and space and that never was, you know, uh, it wasn't like a question of, mm, no, you cannot fit here because we're top max. It's like, no, 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 mm. everyone can come. Whereas in the rich houses, you can see there's like four people and like, mm. that's it, right? It's like, okay, we're full. There's a lot of people already. So anyways, very interesting, but there's a lot of the other issues that are very subtle uh, represented, such as uh, consent, consentment, which is another okay. very, and it's very subtle because sometimes you don't hear about it and it's just like a perfect, beautiful, like couple story, how they met and everything. But you can see it was very forced. Mm. A lot of, you know, using... A lot of insisting and stuff. A lot of insisting yeah. and a lot of things like that. And, and it bothers uh, when you see it with an analytical view. But if you don't, mm. then you just think it's part of, you know, the romance. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So And we, we already talked about that before, that we need to, like, watch t television and the media and consume media with an analytical eye. And in that case, yes, you really need that analytical eye to kind of yeah. make a little stop. But anyways, other than that, um, another movie that I watched during the holidays um, is Love Hard, which is, uh, I, you watch it too, a very un yeah, I did. uncommon yeah. story, you know, from a catfish situation where yeah. a woman falls in love with a man who lives very far away and she says, you know what, screw this, I'm going to go all the way to meet this guy. Finally, he's not who she thinks he is. And still, there's, you know, few things that comes to play that goes beyond appearances and mm -hmm. expectations from other and mm -hmm. a, a must-watch. Uh, and finally, another movie that I wanted to talk that I also watched during holiday season. You've been busy. Yes, right? <laughs> it's uh, And this movie, I watched it with my dog. Hopefully, hoping <laughs> oh that he gosh. will watch it. <laughs> so I googled, what are the best movies to watch, to make your dog watch? I was thinking, you know, as kids, when you're like annoyed playing with them and you just want to have your alone time, your parent alone time, you can just put a movie and he'll be quiet. It wasn't the case for this one. But I watch it with him. And when I say that, I watch it alone. <laughs> crying alone <laughs> in my living room. Because it was just an amazing movie that you definitely need to watch with or without your dog. <laughs> if you have any. <laughs> it's Hachi. And it's a real story from a Japanese. Oh, it's a real story. It's a, yeah. It's a real story from a Japanese dog that was found in a very mysterious way. Um, and, you know, there are some mm. bonds that you create. What do you mean a Japanese dog? It's a Japanese breed. And I think that story happened in Japan, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it, no, uh, no, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll ask you at the end. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I can see you have many questions. It's like I do. <laughs> Okay, so let me just like 
explain the the big lines yeah. of the movie. So please, there's this dog that was mysteriously found um, in. Well, the movie happens in 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 the U.S., but the real story took place okay. in Japan. I, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, okay, like okay. in a city in Japan. Anyways, so um, yeah, the movie is you know from in the America. It happens in the United States and with American actors, and they just recreated the the, the real story. So, do they mention that this is like a Japanese breed, or do they like Americanize the whole thing? Uh, no, no, no. It's some. Um, they talk about the Japanese breed, and at the end of the movie, they say. You know where it happened, where you can find the statue uh, of the of the dog because the dog dies at some point due to old to old age what? or whatever. But we don't see Romina. <laughs> how how could you? You need to watch it. I'm not gonna say anything more about the dog. Um, whatever well, you happens, said it doesn't die in the movie though, right? It doesn't die in the movie. Okay. Or does it? I don't know. You need to watch it. <laughs> Did you know that there's a site for um that like will tell you in which movie the dog dies? Did you know about that website? No. It's for people that like get so emotional when like a dog dies in a movie. Right. So there's a website that like will tell you no like way. if the dog dies in that movie, if there's a dog in that in the movie. If obviously. it's worth watching it uh and not Yeah, be... if, if it dies or not. Yeah. Cause people just like they can't handle yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. So I can really... that community might come after you. Wow. After what you just told us. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Well I will take a take back my uh, the dog doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> you need to watch it. That's all I need to say. Yeah. But anyway, so it's you know how sometimes um, animals can create very strong bonds with humans. So they talk about this very strong bond between a man and a dog, mm-hmm. and the the bond is just so strong. The dog is so loyal that even if something happens to the to the master to the human the dog is still loyal to the idea of of the of the human mm. and everyone's respectful of the dog's decision so everyone knows him everyone you know they try to help as much as the as they can but they respect the dog's wishes and i think that's so interesting to see you know it's in in another context or in another movie or whatever, you could say that dogs, they don't, they're not always like, uh, they don't always respect their decisions or choices. So it's not always consentful about the dog, you know, in so many different ways. It's like, no, eat. And then, you know, you put the ha- the, the mouth, you open the mouth of the dog, you put the food or whatever. So you know, if you do that to a human being, it's not being very consentful. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, particularly, I don't know if I watch any other movie that is so respectful about what the dogs chooses. You know, the dog mm-hmm. wants to escape. They're like, no, no, let him be. Like, he mm-hmm. knows. So at that point, it's just incredible. The movie is very, very... is very... Um, like, it catches your emotions. It's very... It's so much of that, you know. (laughs) I must watch. 
and uh yeah the end it's very moving so just you know have a small box of kleenex next to you that's all what i'm gonna say because it's very emotional but it's amazing so is this the same like breed of dogs is this like a Shiba, like for, as like the the Bitcoin, not the Bitcoin, but the <laughs> crypto coin? Shiba Inu. Is that it? Uh, yeah. It looks like, but it's not the Shiba Inu. It's like a uh, cousin breed or something like that. Okay. But yeah, Shiba Inu, it's Japanese too. And they yeah, they have right? some similarities, but uh, oh, okay, okay. But yeah, that, those were my recommendations for you guys and you, Esther. So cute. <laughs> and you, have you watched or read anything good lately? Um, I've been reading a really awesome book, actually. Um, I mean, it's from one of my my friends. Uh, he's the yes. author of it. His name is Jacob forensic and i actually asked him for the correct pronunciation of his name before this episode this is the way that he pronounces it in english so i hope that i uh said it right it's mostly for for his last name and so yeah it's called beyond reason why we fail to understand each other it's really the type of book that as i'm reading it and i'm still sort of at the beginning but it's the book where like you want to just copy paste the whole thing oh, yeah. because just highlighting a couple little words or, or sentences would not be enough. And so like I'm holding on to every word and it's just like it's been really, really a cool experience to get to read it and to get to almost be inside his head. Right. And what I find really special um, and this is really personal is that we grew up in the same faith. And so a lot of these sort of coming to terms with um, Christianity and 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 uh, philosophy and stuff like that is just so relatable for me in a right. lot of ways. So it's an amazing book. Uh, we he actually sent us a copy to Romina and I, um, and we'll definitely talk about it. Take an episode to really unpack it because I think it's worth it. I think it brings up a lot of themes. Um, that are just super relevant to what we talk about and to our podcast. So that's what I've been reading lately. Yes. And I'm really liking it. And definitely we'll uh, tell you more about that in the episodes to come. Cannot wait! <laughs> yeah! And for what I've been watching, um, I also watched Love Hard. Oh, as, yes. uh, as you mentioned, I liked it. I, especially when it comes to Christmas, I'm mm. usually the one that can put all of her um like movie cinema critique um sense away and just enjoy like a really cheesy hallmark movie Mm -hmm. but this year i found it really difficult for the first time like i am usually there for all like the princess switch and like you know any of those really like poorly written poorly acted (laughs) films yeah and i watched um christmas in a castle i think is what it's called like of course like it's a typical title i think for that genre of movie but it was like for the first time it felt very white okay like it felt and so i sort of did a little thing afterwards and i looked up 
uh, Christmas movies on Netflix and it's crazy how white this is. And I'm not saying anything new here. Like I think it's been something that's been brought up, but it's like, it's really ridiculous. Like how whitewashed these Christmas movies are. And it made me really like, it turned me off of it. And I was like, yeah, like I, I'm just like not up for it anymore. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, I think, yeah. And so I think like, yeah, there's a couple that I enjoyed, but yeah, I think mostly like I was just like, yeah, this is like, no. Oh, but um, can you give us an example now? I'm super curious. Well, like I said, like Christmas in a castle, it's yeah. just, it's not only is it always the same storyline and, you know, when it comes to just like dating and stuff yeah. and, and just the typical story, but it's also like just white people. Oh, you know? I see. Okay. And it's crazy because it takes a, like, as a white person, it takes a long time, too long for us to realize that, like, this is not normal because mm -hmm. I feel like we're so used to the media looking like we look. Right. That we're just, like, we're just used to it being that way. Yeah. And so even another one, which, like, isn't even about just people being white but they they all are once again but the holiday i rewatched uh with a friend over the the break and i grew up on like watching really like just not cringy but um typical rom-coms yeah because my mom was like a fan. huge fan yeah. yeah so like how to lose a guy in 10 days when harry meets sally all of those really like just the classics right i grew up watching them and again as you said like we form an understanding of what romance is supposed to be mm -hmm. and what it's supposed to look like and in the holiday there's actually a really um a really not iconic but a sentence that stood out to me uh and it's jude law that says it and i don't know if you've seen the movie the holiday i don't think so no basically the story is that these two women um are each experiencing hardships in their lives one woman lives in england and the other one lives in the united states mm -hmm. and they both realize that they want to go away for the holiday season and so they go on this website where you can switch homes oh, okay and so the one person would go to england in the person's home and then the other one would do the same so they do that and so they each get to live in each other's homes and sort of not in each other's lives but of course you know like for example this uh this one woman who goes to england she meets the other woman's brother because he comes to her door and thinking that he's going to see his sister but he sees this woman and she's like yeah we did this exchange you know now i'm living at your sister's place for a couple weeks and so of course they start dating as these things go right and uh and one of the nights they go out together they go out to a pub and they have quite a lot to drink is it a pub or do they drink at their her place i don't remember but anyways they both drink quite a lot And she wakes up the next morning and he's still over. And so she says, you know, did we, did we hook up, you mm -hmm. know? And just the fact that like she asked in a way that was so normal as if it would have been normal for them to hook up if she couldn't even remember it. Mm -hmm. So she asks that and then he's like, no, like call me old fashioned, but I like for like women that I hook up with to be conscious when I do it, you know? Wow. And so... 
it was just like such a weird thing to say yeah but i feel like when i was younger i was like oh romantic gentleman prince yeah yeah yeah. but now i was just like uh okay right (laughs) and it's just like so uncomfortable you know so yeah yeah, that was the one like thing that i was like oh okay like maybe these are a bit like i think i've outgrown these movies you Mm -hmm. know and it's very subtle um, it's extremely subtle you know they there's no like yeah like force there's no like aggression it's just so subtle you could almost not hear it right and you would yeah, be like and it's almost it's worse because yeah in this case it's brought up as being positive exactly you know, like he's saying this as if he's like a freaking like hero of romance yeah like, no like call me old-fashioned like i'm better than men like most men like i actually yeah. like he's like, a no, prize like good job exactly like, congrats, uh, he doesn't you know? represent the normality he represents the extraordinary like yeah wow <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah that was like kind of a bit like and we talk about that remember uh in the other podcast you know very lightly uh and very oh yeah about like very low standards exactly and one of the standards you know that i don't know who said it or what is to respect other people and you know are we at that point you know expecting the worst and on men is that the normal so anyways mm-hmm. for sure questions no, yeah. that what uh what romina is referring to is when we recorded the episode with yes, context. over the weekend um we won't reveal the theme yet yeah. i want them to to do that but we did talk briefly about the fact that um as cisgendered heterosexual women dating cisgendered heterosexual men um oftentimes will be super impressed if they're like feminist and super like you know inclusive of lgbtq and stuff like that and even in my case like being aware of how like that's the norm i'll still be like oh yeah you know like that's really like awesome but it's like yeah you know like congrats but at the same time I feel like it is the the norm, hmm. but like ideally it's the norm. And since it's not right now, I still am okay. And I think that you do this with your boyfriend as well. Is yeah. that I will always celebrate when because you mentioned that your boyfriend will point out, like even in that Peruvian show, exactly. Yes, he's been the one pointing out. Mm, you yeah, know, maybe there's something it's a, a little, little bit, bit forced. Off here. Exactly. Yeah, and I agree with the idea that. I, I will always say like, hey, it's really cool that you yeah. notice that, you know? Yeah. And because sometimes it's things that won't even stand out to me as much. And so I kind of agree with the whole, oh, well, let's recognize it. Exactly. Recognize. But also let's, let's work to move towards it being a norm, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. deconstructing the norm of all men are, you know, bad and they will all, you know, take advantage or on women's bodies and just deconstruct that idea and recreate a new norm. And, and like mm-hmm. you said, pointing out this small uh, recognitions is is to say, okay, good. Like, I'm glad, I'm super proud when he says, mm, that's very, you know, wrong. That's wrong. That, you know, that was a little bit forced or she didn't look very consentful. And I'm like, mm, look at you. And mm-hmm. the same comes to uh, the movie Love Hard. And I'm just going to make a small mention mm-hmm. because there is a very, you know, in 
music for Christmas, which is uh, maybe it's cold outside, and I think we all mm-hmm. know about it. Um, and you kn- maybe not though. Do you want to like tell people? what the issue has been in recent years because i've talked to people who had not heard about oh uh, yeah what's going on with that song yeah oh okay oh yeah sure so basically that song baby it's cold outside is like a Mm -hmm. discussion of a man and a woman and i mean i don't i don't know if there's any video clip or what but how i imagine it is that they're in like in a living room and at some point the woman is like okay well I'm going now, like, my mom's gonna be worried, it's getting late, and, yeah, yeah, and the men, which we think they're dating, at least that's, like, the impression I have, and, again, I'm talking about the song, right, is the men kind of forcing her, or insisting for her to stay, and the argument is, baby, it's cold outside. So she says, oh, mm-hmm. give me the code. And he's like, oh, but baby, it's cold outside. And again, she's like, no, I need to go. My mom is wary. My my brother will ask questions. Nah, nah, nah. And she's like trying to escape. At least that's how I yeah. see it. And it's a dialogue. And again, he says, insisting, no, but it's cold. You're going to freeze out there. And, and it's just, you know, a very forced situation where they... They don't seem to agree. And then there's introduction of, oh, have a sip of this drink or try the cigarette, the smoke. And yeah, she stays. And yeah, basically more like also what I meant was in regards to what ha- like why it became controversial. Yeah. Like I think the, the song is well known, but I think people don't know that it has been an issue in the past years because... If you know the song and and it's very well known, you listen to the lyrics and you're like, yeah, this does not seem consentful. It's quite odd what, you know, they're bringing up, what they're talking about, what the man is pushing on the woman. And so it has become an issue and a lot of Mm -hmm. people have spoken out against it. I know Miley Cyrus came up with her own version. Oh, yeah. or did she come up? I think, no, she actually came up with her own version of uh, Santa Baby, which was yes. a lot more focused on like women's rights and stuff like that. But I believe that she spoke out uh, against this song and, and other people did. And so a lot yeah. of people, including myself, don't listen to that song anymore because it's super uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. But there has been a backlash towards it. Um, I know even like from my parents, like who were like, well, like, you know it's, it's a just classic a yeah like yeah stuff like that and and so a similar thing happened to you too right yes well i had this discussion with my boyfriend during mm-hmm. the christmas because it's such a christmas song you know it's cold outside and here we're freezing and it's just yeah it comes up a lot yeah on the radio I, and, and it's stuff like that. very classic you know uh during christmas especially uh again i don't know how old that song is but i mean it's been there for years and years mm-hmm. anyways so when I told him about that and I'm like, mm, I don't like that song a lot. It's not very consentful. And he was kind of a disagreeing with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason maybe why he wasn't, you know, so he couldn't relate with that song is because he was never in a situation like that. But again, you don't need to experience it to yeah. just be an ally, right? So anyways... I, I, we were just disagreeing, but, you know, in my, in my mind, it's just so clear that 
the girl mm-hmm. was uncomfortable. And I don't know if it's because of my own experience or what, but I've already been in a situation where, you know, I don't want to really stay. And even though, you know, because that's another argument of, you know, you could just take your, you know, put your puts on, put your coat on and just leave. And yes, I could definitely do that. But there is a feeling of, mm, I want to go, but I'm escaped, I'm trapped. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a great point, Romina, because you felt like that as a woman in yeah. like the 21st century. But when that song was written, and again, we'd have yeah. to look up the year, but you can tell that it was a time where women like she would have had to be accompanied by him to get back home and stuff like that right so like right that probably. feeling of being trapped and of relying on a man who you need to get home but who is insisting yeah. on you to stay was probably even stronger and even worse exactly yes and something that i love about that movie love hard love hard is mm-hmm. that they take that song and they recreate their own version where the guy is saying you could just go and you know it yeah, makes very understanding very consentful exactly and it makes so much sense and then it changes the whole like idea of uh of her feeling trapped just because instead of saying no but don't go it's cold outside because he doesn't say yeah. don't go he just says it's cold outside like don't go but when he changes that phrase to but you can just go there it's i don't know it changes the whole aspect of that song and i'm very glad that they talk about it in that movie and that's one thing that i love about it but just to make a another point about this movie and i know you were talking about your favorite movies that you watch over the holidays but something else that we can find in the media is the definition of beauty um and like you said we used to watch a lot of movies that are very like white actors white people so that's why you know white people were um and again i'm i'm not sure to what extent and i'm sure there are studies about it but the repre- the lack of representation of other like skin colors cultures and so on um defines a little bit of what we're expecting to see how the woman falls in love with the beautiful white man or vice versa the man mm-hmm. he falls in mm-hmm. love with this beautiful actress or beautiful character whatever mm-hmm. be and, and again it's possible because even though the woman is poor even though the man is this or they they have sickness or whatever they this scenario is they fall in love at some point and you know they're good looking so it just makes sense that because you're good looking you're uh, kind-hearted and you're nice um Mm -hmm. and this has been going for years and years and another good point about this movie love hard is that it goes beyond appearances and it kind of redefines beauty not only you know in external beauty but as in the personality how important it is how much it plays a role to be empathic to be you know um yeah to 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 be a good person and that's more important than just be being good looking Mm -hmm. yeah i mean 
I don't, for me personally, I don't know if that movie does it that well. And my hesitancy to speak on that is because I have seen in recent media, like in Emily in Paris season two and, and season one, Asian characters are not always well casted or well written. So I really like a, don't know what the community feels about right. the representation in that yep. movie. I agree that it has a better representation than most typical Hallmark holiday movies, mm. but it still sort of gives off the idea that she has to be tricked in order to, to like someone that's not right. conventionally attractive. And yes. catfishing is really wrong. It's It speaks about consent in a lot yep. of ways. And so... Yeah, it's 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 hard for me. It's harder for me to to see it in that way. Although yep. I do think that a lot of aspects of this movie did work well. Mm. I think we still have ways to work when it comes to that for sure. I agree with you. It's true. She was trapped in a way. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But um yeah, no, it's it's nice. I mean, they definitely definitely it's a genre of movie that needs to be like really Worked. reformed and yeah definitely yeah yeah but uh yeah like recently i think ever since i caught caught got back from bc um we've been watching really good shows one of them was thanks to you um it was called unbelievable and i think it was a show that was quite big maybe over the summer i i don't know when but i know that it was like when it came out originally on netflix it was really popular and, yeah, it's been a few uh, years now, I think. A few years? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I we're just really late. But I watched it with my boyfriend, and it is a limited series about, based on true events is what I read at the beginning of the show, about sexual assault and what that looks like in the system what that looks like when you really bring it into um, the police system and the, the, the law system, whatever. Like, I know that's not the right wording, but anyways, it's it's really someone's very personal experience that you sort of get a look into with psychopath and her journey through that in parallel with other victims' journeys because this ended up being uh, a serial I don't know if we'll bleep that out because I know that it's very sensitive, but yeah. Um, so I I quite enjoyed it just because I already knew that the system was so broken. And I think that it's a type of thing that you need to be reminded a hundred times before people actually start to understand it. I was having this conversation with uh, someone in my family this year about the system and I unfortunately had people um, know of people that went through this really broken system um, and I was talking to them and I was saying yeah like it's it's so hard and it's so they make it impossible for victims to not only get because you can never get, I don't think, what you need out of this, which is for it to have never happened in the first place. But uh, just the whole process is so frustrating. And I was I was saying that to that person and they were like, they were male. And so they were like, oh, really? Uh, 
I thought it was better now with everything that happened. And I was like, yeah, because you're a guy, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's sad, but because, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. It's still like so hard. So I watched yeah. that and it was it was very it was similar in some ways to Made, which is another show like my boyfriend and I, we binge these two shows in a week. And it's it's funny because we almost had a little like argument because okay. these shows, they're not easy to watch. No. And I can't imagine if you relate to them personally. Mm. I am lucky enough that I don't, but yeah. they're still very hard to watch. And so my boyfriend, he found them quite difficult to, to get into just because it was really hard. Unbelievable starts like quite intensely. Mm -hmm. And I almost got mad at him because I was like, yeah, but like, you know, you're not as not that like it can't like this is a, a gen. It, no, it's it's a gender based issue. It affects women more. But that does not mean that it does not affect men or mm -hmm. non-binary people's like it affects everyone. But he's just less at risk. And so I was mad. I was like, no, like you're watching it, you know, like you have to know about this, like stuff like that and and I don't know if I was right to get upset or not but it's really the types of shows that brings up these emotions I find 100%. and I think that's important like for my mom who and I totally respect her choice to want to watch you know tv um to relax so she'll watch these shows that are very much like fiction and she doesn't like when it's too heavy or too real life but I'm like and I've had these conversations with her where I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's the reality that you do. Yes. It's important because this happens and it's hard to watch. But imagine yep. actually going through it. Right. And I'm not saying everyone needs to watch it, um, especially for survivors. But for people that might not have been affected on a personal note, I feel like it's really important to to keep reminding ourselves how broken it is so that we yep. are equipped with the knowledge to to bring it up when it comes up and to have the the proper arguments and at least to have a look into what that's like. Mm -hmm. So those two shows are great. Uh, Made is also based, it's based on a book, which um, the author of it actually based uh, her book on her, her experience. She was oh. homeless as a single mom. Okay. And it's really her experience navigating uh, the system of, um, when you're trying to find affordable housing and when you're trying to have affordable childcare and all that. So both of them mm -hmm. I found were really important when it comes mm -hmm. to having a look inside those systems that make it so hard for people to navigate and to have access to. And they claim that they're in place for, for survivors and, and mm -hmm. to empower you, but man, it's like they try to discourage you. So Great yes. shows, really well casted and written. Amazing. Um, quite enjoyed them, but mm -hmm. hard to watch, but still super important yeah. too. So I yeah, think it's I, important I, uh, to mention that it's hard to watch. As as you said, uh, I think you and I, we have this, um, this will to, you know, understand better uh, and, you know, to point out or identify what are the, um, let's say, issues or how we can you know better adapt situations because yes in a sense the system is broken and I, i'm talking about unbelievable i haven't watched made mm -hmm. yet yeah but 
you know, it's easy to say the system is broken and just be discouraged by that and say, okay, that's it. Because in Unbelievable, yes, the system is broken and you can see very clearly, but it's also a reminder of, you know, how humans are part of the system too. And some humans, some, you know, workers in, in the system that are you know uh, that are shown in the in the tv show they yeah. lack a lot of humanity a lot a lot of empathy a lot of just being there and you know be able to like listen up a victim who is courageous enough to speak up and you know with the little energy that she has left to find that force and be able to you know to say it to tell the I story. I don't want to swear, but to say it, say it like freaking five times. Yes. That she has to repeat her story when it just happened and like you couldn't take notes or like yeah. you couldn't ask your buddy to be there because then record. she has to tell both people individually. I'm, I was like swearing at my screen. Oh, yeah. Like, Are you kidding yeah. me? Like Me too. So frustrating for so many things that they just, you know, they just stop there. It's just ugh, like why can this go further you already have all the information and like you said it's very hard to watch and sometimes people they don't find like the purpose or they don't want to watch that kind of stuff because they either they don't they can't relate or because they they think it's just you know a waste of time they want to watch something more fun or entertainment or entertaining um but again is not because you're not watching, not because you're not experiencing it, not because you don't see it personally, that it doesn't exist. And and to be better yeah. humans, we need to be um, better listeners. So mm-hmm. that was my point on those two TV shows. But great job, uh, Esther, to find the time to, you know, talk about these and even convince people around you how important it is i i like to mention that to my peers and when i watched it too it was but with that same you know frustration we can make something better and we can you know make this more accessible to to just show more humanity towards yeah and you're so right and like i know sometimes when we say like Because I've been that person when I hear someone say, you just like, now you learn to do better and all that. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, what are you going to do? But just as an example, after watching those shows, my boyfriend was like, hey, we should volunteer in like a shelter uh, for like, you know, gender-based violence or or housing or all that and I was like yeah that's a great idea and so just thoughts like that that come from from tv shows and we know to be true and to be very similar in our communities uh can spark that kind of action so it's not just always uh saying you know like oh great like we'll do better but Mm. it actually does spark those ideas so I thought that was quite cool and I think that encouraged me to continue to listen and to take the time to to watch these these stories which are based on real life unfortunately yeah unfortunately but uh yeah. I- i'm glad that there's hope and that it created you know something inside your boyfriend and 
you know, inspired around him to, hey, let's do something. We can do something. So that's mm-hmm. amazing. And hopefully this episode also will find that hope inside you uh, listeners to to try to do something better around you. Why not? It's 2022. Let's do something different. Let's let's be better humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if we uh, pivot into <laughs> a much more... Uh, how can I say it? <laughs> let's be better external humans and interior humans. Let's talk about skin. <laughs> yeah. Something much more... Um... <laughs> I'm struggling so much. <laughs> Superficial. There we go. We got yeah. it. Oh my gosh. That was so much harder than it needed to be. Yeah. I want to pivot into something more superficial um, because I love skincare it's something that is very much part of my life i don't know like i was actually wondering this because i know that we've talked about this briefly before and you told me that you know your interest in skincare or at least your skincare routine is very limited and i kind of always wondered if you have to have had like some sort of acne or you know, any sort of skin problems to be into skincare or if it's just something that, you know, it it doesn't matter. Like you could have had uh, clear skin or or not your whole life and and be into it. Like, did you struggle with with any sort of skin issues or concerns when you were younger? Or did you always have perfect skin, you little... I I was being perfect. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But (laughs) definitely, I would consider myself lucky. Uh, I never struggle with acne or anything like that. I don't know if it's because I didn't have, let's say, the chance to eat as much as sweet or... Uh, greasy Mm. stuff due to my health condition or Mm. if simply you know it was a question of genes or I don't know what Uh, Mm. but I never struggled you know I had few pimples here and there sometimes uh, due to my periods or anything but never enough like to find uh, specific treatments uh, for acne or anything like that I always been very minimalistic Uh, Mm. and even with makeup I mean I don't put makeup everywhere and maybe that's because of my mom my mom she never used makeup too and she's very proud to say it to Mm -hmm. say it um but yeah I would say that in my case I've been interested about skincare in a more like natural minimalistic way okay um so I like products like Lush and stuff like that that are you know from um like more from natural elements ingredients ingredients yes exactly but um some things that i do sometimes when you know i'm out let's say i'm sleep over sleeping over or i just forgot somewhere my to buy more makeup or not no makeup Mm -hmm. sorry but my skincare products Mm -hmm. is i use uh, a coconut oil or uh, like let's say to move remove my makeup Mm -hmm. Or um, something I love to do, and I don't know how great it is, but I found on YouTube and platforms like that is to use 
like Greek yogurt without any flavor, which I almost always have. <laughs> Esther's looking at me like, what? I always have in my fridge. Okay. <laughs> and I put a little bit of, <laughs> of honey. So I know it sounds delicious. Okay. And I just, you know, like clean my face with that. And apparently it's great. I feel great. I feel refreshed. Okay. Uh, or strawberries, you know, I don't always have, but sometimes I, it's not a mask. It's just, you know, to clean myself. Something that I used to do um, is that I would take like sugar, like legit sugar mm-hmm. with water. So it will dissolve. And that's like, um, uh, what is Scrub. Exactly. Like a scrub. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I stopped doing that just because uh, yeah. I don't know how well it is. I know the mm-hmm. particles are so small, sometimes they can irritate your skin. I haven't experienced that, but I just stopped doing that. So very, you know, like minimalistic, natural. Very DIY. <laughs> yeah, DIY skincare. for sure. <laughs> but what about you? Yeah. I know you're a big fan, but what are like the important elements to like be careful when mm. choosing a great skincare product well i think i used to consider skincare as like a one-size-fits-all and you know like you were mentioning the diy ingredients and i think with diy the only thing to be careful is just how your skin reacts yeah. but as you said like you felt great it was working for you you know like our our skin types and just our, our skin in general is so different yes. from each other that it's really hard to say well you should use these products because they work well for me or whatever yeah um but i've you know, since the pandemic, I've definitely seen more people experience with skincare. And I think it was a mix of two things because I think it was the pandemic. So people had more time to do a full skincare routine. Yeah. But I also think it's because of brands like the Inky List or the Ordinary that came out and they came out with high, well, especially for the inculus, but they came out with ingredients that used to cost a lot of money. Uh, okay. Like retinol or, or different types of acids, right? And so they started putting out these products that were only a couple bucks, whereas mm-hmm. other brands were selling them for, you know, almost hundreds of dollars. And okay. so I think this encouraged people to say, hey, I'm going to experiment with skincare because I'm only going to lose a couple bucks, mm. you know, whereas you wouldn't experiment with a product that's like 80 uh, yeah. plus dollars, right? They're so, so expensive. I think those two things combined mm. made it so that people got more into into skincare. Mm. I got into skincare because when I was younger, um, this was like in my late teens, I had never had acne and I started having acne. I don't know why. It's definitely a hormonal thing, but I was also working at Sephora in those years. And I think because we were expected uh, to wear a lot of makeup when we were at Sephora. Yeah. Like they told you like you have to wear a mandatory. Like, yeah, mandatory yeah. like foundation and eyeshadow and, and eyebrow makeup and all that. And that was very heavy for me who had never worn date well I wore it sometimes in high school but I mm-hmm. hated the feeling on my skin mm-hmm. so I got into skincare because just my skin felt so gross and I was at Sephora so I got all these products for free and I got to start really oh, yeah. experimenting with skincare and I fell in love with it but it's crazy how much 
it's a learning journey as long as you don't understand the chemistry and mm-hmm. the ingredients of it. Because if you don't understand that, you're always going to think that something is really good. And then and it's- you find out that it's not because you need to be able to learn how to truly in its matter form um that you need to be able to tell if it's if it's good or not you know so I'm not saying that I can do that but I'm definitely better at it and so I think that that's one of the things I learned during the pandemic was to learn more how to read ingredients on a label and that can transfer into you know shampoos hair products just different things that you're putting on your skin or near your skin that's important to know what's in Mm -hmm. there you know Mm -hmm. and we're understanding more and more and I think that's a huge part of uh consumer empowerment if you will is to be able Mm. to do that because it's important you know interesting yes definitely um and as you said some things that we don't have access either because we don't have time or we just don't have the information you know, we don't know what to read or what to look into it. Yeah. Because the the ingredients, when you read it, I mean, you see so many like yeah weird yeah. words. Yeah. If it would say like mm-hmm. strawberry yogurt, I would say like okay, I understand those ingredients, but it doesn't. It's like <laughs> you'd be like, wow, this is my skincare routine, <laughs> right? Perfect. <laughs> it only costs uh, thirty dollars, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, but yes, and the the problem with that is that. You try it once, you try it twice, you try it for a week. Sometimes the reactions, they don't come right away, but it's a long-term damage. Mm -hmm. And again, this is all about accessibility and how well you know how much you're, how how much desire you're willing to, you know, to to, to learn about it and Mm -hmm. to just take care of yourself with different things. Yeah. But uh yeah, do you have any example to what to use or any like recommendation for our listeners? Um well, recommendations. I mean, in regards to products and again, like this is personal, so it's hard, yeah, you know, but I sure. quite enjoy the Inculus. I think I was that person that would buy the $200 serum thinking that it was going to make me look like Kendall Jenner overnight, you know? So the Inculus and brands like that really um, put a lot of efforts into unlearning those types of ideas that we had. And and skincare and makeup is so much about marketing. And even yeah. when we know that, we still buy into it. You know, packaging for us, it's mm-hmm. like... It's like, it's so important. It's a game. It's, it's like the book's visual. cover. It's an experience. Yeah. 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 So I love what the Inculus did. And I think that I tried almost all the Ordinary's products. For me, I think that, and a lot of people say that in the skincare community, whether that's on TikTok or YouTube, that the Inculus has better formulations than the Ordinary. And I never knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. But 
haven't tried both of them, I can, I understand what they mean just by the feeling of how it feels on my skin and when applying it. I think that they use and they work with very similar ingredients, but I think that in regards to the feeling and especially how you can pair it with other things, because personally for me, when I was using the ordinary, I would always uh, in the day finish with a sunscreen because I'm Mm -hmm. a big advocate for sunscreen every day, no matter if you stay inside. Yeah. Um, my skincare would, would, would pill, which means like it would roll. And so that means that it was reacting chemically, I believe with, um, some of the ordinaries ingredients or maybe the way that it was formulated. And I haven't found that with the inculus. So that's sort of, you know, it's been a positive for me certainly, Mm. but I think my three other learnings of, maybe 2021 or maybe the entire pandemic was so the first learning so I have four the first learning was how to read ingredients better not I mean I'm not perfect but at least better to start to understand Mm -hmm. the second one is that vitamin c is not for everyone because I used to be obsessed with vitamin c I got one off of Mikaela, which is an awesome website that we could share actually it's a website of a store in alberta i think or yeah i think it's in alberta but it sells only k beauty products and it's super affordable but you're encouraging a canadian store it's really cool Mm. and they have a lot of um promos and stuff so awesome i love that store i love that it's not like amazon or anything but that you can still have access to k beauty which is like a huge has been a huge trend in the in the last couple years but I got a vitamin C. It was super high in vitamin C. Um, and and I tried it and I started having a lot of blackheads. And I didn't understand. I didn't even make the connection at first. But I went to my esthetician and she was like, uh, yeah, like, no, stop. And she was like, I actually had the same thing where I really wanted to use vitamin C. And I started like mm-hmm. having blackheads. So it's Good not to for know. everyone. Yeah. And I did not know that. I thought that you could just... You know, like vitamin C is a really popular ingredient. It's in a lot of products. Yeah, so I yeah. thought just anyone could. So it fits for all. I never thought it would do that. Yeah. yeah. So that's my other learning. And then my third one is to chill with the gua sha. I don't know if you know what a gua sha is. So it is a traditional Chinese um, skincare method. And it's basically the... Um, Basically, what it is is a facial lymphatic drainage massage. Oh, so yeah. So what you'll do is, yeah, you know what I mean? With the roll? Little, yeah, you can do it with a roll or with uh, like a, a, a gua sha, which is like a okay the the stone that you would use to do that. And you can yeah. even do it with your fingers. Like you don't right. even have to buy anything. But I... I was always the person with skincare where if it doesn't burn or pull, it's mm. not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so with the with this like technique of massaging, I would go in and just like tug at my skin and I thought that I was creating these beautiful oh cheekbones, you know, but it's not good. Like oh. it's not you're not supposed to do that. And I think with skincare it's like the gentler you are, whether that's with like an active product or with something that you're doing um, mechanically, you have to be mm-hmm. as gentle as possible. So that's a very good learning that I'm happy I learned because I really needed to chill. Um, and my <laughs> chill, last one is my chill. highlight. Yeah, exactly. No, for <laughs> real. But the last one is my highlight 
Um, and it's something that I never thought I would do to my skin because I was so scared. And one of my friends actually <laughs> let me do it on her skin and she like broke out for like weeks. Like it really <gasps> didn't work for her. So like, again, a reminder that whatever I say or whatever anyone says in the skincare world, just it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Yeah, like for our sure. Our skin are very different, but mm. this is called derma planning. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that technique no so basically derma planning is and i did pull up the definition it's a procedure that exfoliates your skin and gets rid of dirt and vellus hair and you use a scalpel or a small razor to do it so it's really the technique of shaving your face oh my god yeah and i was so scared to do this you did it with what I was like, with a scalpel yeah, with a, like a little like scalpel razor oh and I got them God. off of Amazon and <laughs> it works super well. I'm obsessed with it. I do it every month now, but I did it on <laughs> my friend and it really didn't work for her. Like she has very sensitive skin okay. and I think it just the fact that it was like shaving, it really irritated her skin. But um, yeah, I had like a lot of concerns about like, well, oh my God. is my hair going to grow back? Am yeah. I going to be like a werewolf? You know, like all the typical concerns when you shave anyway. Yes, yes. And no, like it's not, it's just like the way that you do it with the type of razor that you do it, it doesn't grow back. Like, of course it grows back like normal. Like we all have a little bit of peach fuzz on our skin. Right. But it doesn't grow back in a way that like is obvious or whatever. But oh my it God. makes it so that it's not only like a, an exfoliation but it makes it so that your products penetrate a lot better my skin is just so glowy and more toned and just like yeah i i've i've loved doing it so wow definitely interesting what one thing i recommend is just like if you have like a boyfriend girlfriend or partner just try it on them like i try <laughs> everything on my boyfriend and if it's okay i'll do it on myself <laughs> i'll take your advice esther yeah. <laughs> Kevin, watch out. Pig. Yeah. Yes, watch out. You're my next. But one trend, Rowena, that we could try together. And like, I've been wanting to try this trend because it's been, it's been like known for a while now, but it's been blowing up lately. It's called slugging. Okay. What is that? And what it is, is I don't know, like, because I've tried to look into this and the information has not like always been obvious. Mm -hmm. But I think from what I understand is that you would do your skincare routine and then at night after you've put your products, you put on petroleum jelly. So whether that be Vaseline, Aquaphor, whatever, mm -hmm. all over your face. And from what I understood is it traps in moisture. Okay. So your face and your skin when you sleep, Hydrates. it doesn't lose like moisture as much and mm -hmm. so yeah your your skin is more plump it stays hydrated and stuff and like I honestly I was less scared of shaving my face and putting Vaseline on it because just like the texture like I'm very particular about what goes on my skin and I just right. feel like this would like would destroy it but I've heard amazing testimonials about this thing so mm -hmm. maybe we should try it and give everyone an update next episode sure i would love to hydrate myself uh during night for me that's not a problem <laughs> but please don't ask me about the small razor that one is very scary <laughs> that one is a problem for you <laughs> that one is a problem for me but it's logging sure why not <laughs> yeah so maybe we'll give that a try yeah why not 
But um, yeah, definitely something to try on. Uh, and we can see how many um, businesses, skincare products or any other businesses have, you know, changed their way to do or just, you know, creating another brand or so to make it more accessible. So just, you know, you can see different alternatives of um, how a lot of companies have adapted to to the pandemic or not just you know to like the way of living so um so with with that i like to just quickly present uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh introduce uh or give you a small sneak peek on our next episode that we will talk about more side hustles yeah um and esther found on a very very funny and i mean i had to read it multiple <laughs> times to be like did i read it read this right uh to really understand what i was reading but there's a headline uh on a blog and uh, esther if you want to share with everyone yeah sure um so basically it's also part of a new format that we're exploring <laughs> yeah. for the podcast because we used to end with a an expression in carta y- Castellano. I haven't said it it in a while, so I I apologize. But yeah, we used to bring in that aspect of uh, Romina's culture, and that was really awesome. And for this season, we'd love to explore, um, because we do talk about social and cultural um, themes and events and and subjects, as well as pop Mm -hmm. culture. So we would love to end on a sort of headline note. And maybe it will always foreshadow our next episode or not, but in this case, it does. And this is a headline that my boyfriend shared with me. He came across this because I am a huge 90 Day Fiance fan, as problematic as the show is. (laughs) And he shared this headline with me, and it goes... 90 Day Fiancé star hospitalized after selling farts in a jar. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I read it. When Esther shared it with me, I was like, did I read this right? Like, what is this? Farts in a jar? What? Yeah. So I did my little research (laughs) because I had the blog. And I mean, we'll be happy to share with you guys. So you can also, you know, like try to understand what is this. But there's and it's so much more than we think. I cannot yes. wait, Romina, to talk about this next episode because we will. You really like dived into this rabbit hole, and what you found was really interesting. And so it makes I'm sense. I'm excited to yeah, I'm excited to talk about it next episode. Yeah, definitely. And it's just amazing to see how people get creative to just, you know. Uh, try to make it so they just hustle and that was very interesting so I'm very excited for the next episode but just to give a small sneak peek like I said on what's coming on the next episode I want to finish up this episode with the wisdom words from this fart printer so the person who you know this blog was inspired to and her name is Stephanie Maro. So she is the 90 Day Fiance star uh, mm-hmm. who is selling her farts in a jar. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so it goes like this. She says, for as long as I can remember, it has been assumed that girls don't poop and girls most certainly don't fart. 
Today, we are changing the narrative on what women can and can't do, and on what women should and shouldn't do. Fart jars are all, are all about taking ownership of your body, your inner worth, with an added width of creative genius, making a statement and as impact in anything you set your mind to. Fart jars are a symbol of feminine power, hope, joy, and lightheartedness in even the darkest time. Keep calm, but especially, and this goes for you, Esther, fart on. <laughs> oh my god. So, anyways, I'm I excited. I don't know how to feel about this. Honestly, like, just hearing the word fart makes me like... <laughs> Like, it makes me gag. Like, I hate that. It's, it's not it's, even the thing of, like, you know, like, women don't do that. It yeah. just makes me so queasy. And I'm like, yeah. like, I'm imagining this business and the product and I'm, like, barf. Like, I respect the hustle. Like, get it. But, like, oh, my gosh. I It just makes me really unwell, this whole idea. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode. So don't yes. barf yet, just yet. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for listening in. And please join us if you want to get inspired. If you've been looking for your next side hustle, we have a couple examples and ideas in our next episode. So please feel free to tune in. And that's a wrap. We hope you'll learn something while still having fun. As always, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at stillhavingfunpodcast at gmail.com. We'd absolutely love to hear how we can continue to host a conversation that is safe, inclusive, and welcoming. And until our next episode, we invite you to speak up so everyone can still have fun.